Welcome. You're listening to the You're Crazy Professor, but it might just work. Amazing podcast. Episode 29. Conferences, schmonferences. The coronavirus crisis has proved that traditional academic conferences are no longer essential or needed, and I think that's a good thing. Academic conferences and symposia, typified by a few days overseas, in a venue, hotel maybe, where experts of varying levels present their work in time-limited and parallel competing sessions, is flabby and past its best. Conferences attract the eminent grandfather, grandmother figures in their field, people in the middle of their careers, and young academics and PhD students, all wanting to learn, all wanting to present their wares. Conferences are often oversubscribed, with sessions running in parallel, which means you can never see all the things you want to see, and you ultimately rely on everything being put online anyway at the end, because there's always stuff you never get to see. Then there's the conference dinner, extra money to sit and, you know, the top table will be populated by the big wigs in the field with the conference organisers and then everybody else gets stuck on tables with people you'd never want to sit with and talk to at the best of times. Conferences, really, why do we bother? Being charitable, conferences were once vital in the dissemination of knowledge But now in the internet age, they represent a relic of a previous privileged academic system used as a badge of importance by those who play the game and who are very good at being selfish with a small s. The coronavirus pandemic and the cessation of international travel has highlighted that traditional conferences are no longer essential to the research agenda of academics and it may become nothing but a sideshow and a distraction. We seem to be managing very well without conferences, thank you very much. Conferences might be fun for some, certainly not all, and attendance at such conferences is often about reputation and reward as much as anything else. They're weak vessels for sharing dissemination of ideas. Conference scientific panels are often more concerned in securing speakers who they know will definitely turn up and present their research rather than getting the big names with some really good interesting research to share. This is, of course, because the big names, the big beasts are more likely to be tempted off to another conference at short notice, leaving your conference high and dry. So many conference organisers settle for booking speakers who they know will turn up even if the research they're peddling isn't that hot. We operate in a research world of small incremental gains and changes, and rarely will any of us be at a conference to witness the modern-day equivalent of atom splitting. Conference attendance is something that many academics may feel is due to them from their host university, part reward and part acknowledgement for how clever and special they are in their particular niche field. This behaviour, this entitlement, may become more pronounced in seasoned senior academics, and the overlap between professor and diva is, I'll tell you, quite substantial. The view I've got here isn't that of an envious, ambitious outsider. 
I've attended dozens of international conferences over the last 20 years, mostly all paid for by other people because there's always budget money for health and safety. And while there's nothing as glamorous as travelling the world in nice airplanes and staying in hotels and dining out on someone else's peso, everything has to be atoned for. Conferences are wasteful of money, resources, time, effort and talent. Many early career academics are led, thanks to crafty conference marketing, to the unrealistic belief that attendance at the right conference could make or break their careers. Conferences can be divisive and inequitable, and they may prevent true collaborative work from happening within laboratories or departments, because one of the goals at the end of the rainbow is to be able to be paid to go off to present your work at a conference. And in the competitive atmosphere of many university departments, this is going to put the kibosh on staff working together. Now, in defence of conferences, many may remember their own feelings of enthusiasm they encountered at conferences, and perhaps even a touch of inspiration while they were there too, and the determination to then follow up such ideas when getting back home from the conference. However, the realities and vagaries of modern academic life rarely allow the time needed for academics to follow up such ideas with their enthusiasm. As a form of knowledge exchange, conferences are really inefficient. You spend a lot and you come back with very little. And is it stuff you couldn't have got elsewhere? The effort spent by organisers, delegates and presenters often goes way beyond whatever might be recognised by university workload allocation models, as there's usually more background effort required than can ever be acknowledged. Travel risk assessments and insurance costs all add up. And in addition, the vast number of university administrative staff who typically arrange conference travel and accommodation bookings because academics are either incapable, too lazy or not to be trusted with credit cards, typically through university-affiliated travel providers with inflated prices and non-eco-friendly practices, they could surely be doing better and more rewarding things with their time. The working hours that go into conference attendance are wasteful, especially when considering what the return is for the attendance. And if the last defence of conferences that they teach networking skills to early career academics, then that's a fairly weak pitch. Early career academics and the rest of us can learn a lot about networking skills by being stuck in a Teams or a Zoom meeting for those lengthy couple of minutes before a meeting gets going. Those long periods of time is where you learn to make small talk and talk small really well. So don't tell me that we need to travel halfway around the world and make small talk with our mouths stuffed with canapes because that's a vital research skill. It isn't. I can't network for toffee. I'm rubbish at small talk, but I've still managed. Conference mechanisms still exude exclusionary practice and they do not encourage wider participation as there's so many prohibitive factors to joining in with the conference game. The time needed to attend, the cost of accommodation and travel, the cost of the conference fee, getting cover at work for while you're away, family and caring responsibilities, those people with mobility and disability issues, and even people suffering from social anxieties or communication and developmental disorders, they may find such gatherings intolerable. Conferences have never been synonymous with the concept of work-life balance either. In an age where widening participation is a core business principle, it's an absolute wonder that conferences get away with operating at all.
With researchers and academics fueled by enthusiasm for Zoom and Teams since their recent widespread introduction, and the vast opportunities for efficient collaboration they bring, more conference organisers should think about moving their racket online. Online conferences can be monetized and sponsored if they must be, but even then, a simple cost-benefit analysis comparison of traditional versus digital conferences would reveal better value and greater impact for the digital than their real-world counterparts can. The days when academics and researchers would unveil their discoveries and findings to an audience of eminent people in the field is long gone. Researchers are more likely to learn of new developments in their field and of others from online services rather than learning about it at a conference. Groundbreaking developments in the COVID-19 vaccine made by Oxford University were tweeted by the journalist Robert Peston days before they were announced in The Lancet. Conferences are not cutting edge. They're at the bottom of the information food chain. They're a racket and we should leave them be and move on and do better things with our time. You've been listening to the You're Crazy Professor, but it might just work, amazing podcast. Hope it's been useful. Hope it's been thoughtful.